Hello, and welcome to the Black Millennial Revolution. My name is Kiana Michelle, also known as Key, and you are tuned in to another episode here at the Black Millennial Revolution. So what is going on, everyone? What is going on? I'm very happy to be back here with you all for another episode. So you all, it is the 1st of August that I'm doing this podcast episode, and I can't believe we are already in the 8th month of the year, the year, excuse me, but you know, I'm... Very, very, very glad that each and every one of you all that are listening right now made it to this point of the year. You know, it definitely has been a crazy year 2020, but thank God that we are all here um, safe and sound and that everybody is okay, you know, and I definitely hope that August is a prosperous month for each and every one of you all. You know, whatever happened in July, leave that in July. Whatever happened in June, leave that in June. We are in August now. So whatever goals you have, push forward with those goals. If you still have 2020 goals that you still want to accomplish, understand that you can still accomplish those goals. All right. So push forward and understand that we are all in, you know, a weird state right now. We're all feeling this weird state of limbo. Not sure what's going to happen next, Um, but embrace the unknown. Embrace the unknown push forward, take time for you, practice self-care, but push forward, push forward. So you all, I wanted to start off the podcast episode, just providing you all with some inspo. I'm going to be doing that. Um, It just feels good. You know, I, I felt like it felt good to me. So I'm like, you know what, if it feels good to me, I feel like it definitely feels good to this community. But you all, I'm definitely going to start to really tweak and perfect this podcast. Um, I started this podcast and when I started it, you know, I wasn't being a perfectionist about it, but let me be honest with y'all. I was listening to Michelle Obama's podcast uh, a few days ago and Michelle's podcast and you know, it sounds, it sounds nice. And I was saying to myself, dang, you know, the audio sounds nice. They got a little music playing here and there, got nice transitions. I said, oh no, no, no. You know, I, I really need to jazz my podcast up. (laughs) I need to jazz this up. So um, I'm really excited for what's to come. You know, I've been working on things um, this summer for this podcast. So I'm really excited about it. I hope you all are going to get excited about it as well. Um, But yeah, so I, I definitely, you know, wanted to let you all know that because I'm sure that many of you all that have been listening to this podcast, y'all probably like, all right, Key, um, you know, you got you to gotta get a little better with the audio. You got to get a little better with this. And I don't even know if y'all didn't know that I, I don't, I'm not using a mic. I'm just speaking to my phone. So I really want to get the mic. I'm like, when I get the mic going, then that's when I feel like we're going to really have a podcast podcast. You know what I mean? Um, but y'all... <laughs> Let me not digress. I I have a really, really, really important um, topic for you all today. And um, I really want to start this month off on a really empowering note, a really empowering note. And today's podcast episode is embracing your blackness in a white world. I'm going to say that again. Embracing your blackness in a white world world. Now this is important. This is probably going to be one of the most important podcast episodes I'm going to do. 
And I don't even know what podcast episodes are to come, you know, but all I know is that this episode is just so important because embracing our blackness as black people is the foundation of the house. It's the foundation of everything for us. You know, if if we really want to grow as people and we really want to become better, we have to love who we are. We have to love being black. And in reality, a lot of our people do not love being black. And I tell people this a lot. And a lot of people are always like, nah, you know, black people love being black. No, it's, we know that society perceives blackness like it's cool to be black. But at the same time, it's not that cool, quote unquote, to be black, right? And, you know, certain black people will attach themselves to what society thinks is cool about being black. But in reality, within, it's superficial. They know that within, they don't really feel good about being black. Y'all get what I'm saying? They don't really feel good about being black. And that's an issue. Because when you don't feel good about your blackness, you just start to spill that over into other black people's lives. That's just what you do. If, if you hate your skin... Then you start to talk about other black people in their skin. You know, you will just start to project those insecurities. And it's not fair to anybody, you know. So I really wanted to talk about this topic. And I actually wrote down nine rules and guidelines. So hear me now. When I say rules and guidelines, I'm not <laughs> I'm not expecting... Um, you all to completely abide, you know, by everything that I say here. But I think these, you know, rules and guidelines will really help you all um, just really find ways to really embrace your blackness. And maybe you will take one of them. Maybe you will take all nine of them. Um, But I just wrote them down because I thought this would be the best way to really get my thoughts out to you all and for you all to really um, just grasp in total, what I'm trying to say. So I'm going to dive straight in. I'm not going to waste any time here. Um, I have a lot to say about all these nine nine rules and guidelines. Um, So I'm going to dive straight in. So number one, stop conforming to European slash white standards in professional settings. Listen, when I hear black people, especially black women specifically, say to me when they're going to a job interview at a predominantly white setting that they need to straighten their hair or that they cannot wear their natural hair out when they are people that do wear their natural hair out but when they're going to this job interview now they feel as though they cannot wear their natural hair out because they will not get the job that is an issue that is an issue Because even if you get that job, you're not going to feel happy because you conformed to their standards just to get that job. Just to get that job. You conformed to their standards. Listen, any job interview that I've ever had in my 20s, 
I went in with my natural hair. I went in with my afro. I was not going to conform to anybody's European standards. I'm not European. I'm black. So I'm not going to go in there and feel the need to straighten my natural hair because I don't want to. I'm the type of sister that likes to straighten her natural hair on occasions, right? Birthday celebrations, things where I want to look really nice and sexy. I'm not doing this for no job interview. I'm going there with my natural hair that I love. And if they don't want me, they don't want me. And I remember one job, I wore my natural hair. And when I got the job, one of my coworkers said, he said, Key, when you came in with your natural hair, he said, all I can do is smile. And I remember him smiling at me so intensely in the interview. I was like, dang, this dude is really smiling. (laughs) Hopefully, you know, I'm getting this job. (laughs) That's all I was thinking. You know, hopefully I'm getting this job. But he was saying, you know, I was just looking at you and smiling at your hair. The fact that you came in with your natural hair. And one thing I noticed when I was working there was that I was one of the only few black women that wore her natural hair at that job. A lot of the other black women in there straightened their hair. And after some time, you know, you start to see them start to wear their natural hair more and more. And one thing about me, I'm not going to tell any black woman what to do with their hair. I I definitely would like to see, you know, more black women wearing their natural hair and getting comfortable with their natural hair. But I understand that a lot of us are not comfortable and do not like our hair. That's just a fact. That's just a, that's just a harsh reality that um, a lot of us really need to grasp and understand. When people make that argument of, oh, like, no, you know, if I want to wear a weave, you know, 365 days of the year, I can do that. It's my prerogative. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it's your prerogative and it doesn't matter. But you also hate your hair. We got to put that fact on top of that, too. So, dang, now I'm, I'm over here going in. I'm, I'm forgetting what I'm saying. <laughs> um, That always happens. But. What I'm saying is, so yeah, they started to wear their natural hair. And I knew that, you know, just by them seeing me come in and wearing my natural hair, that they would eventually start to want to wear their natural hair too. You know, I knew I wasn't going to tell anybody, oh, you should wear your natural hair. You should do X, Y, and Z. I just knew that they would just be inspired by that. And that's exactly what happened. And man, I'm telling you, they were just starting to style their hair. People started to dye their hairs. It, it was it was starting to look really, really nice up in there. You know, like people were, you know, the white people were complimenting the other black women, but also kind of like, oh, like, I never seen you wear your hair like this. You know, it was a shock to many of them because they were used to seeing the black woman conform. And when the black woman that worked with me at that particular job setting, when they stopped conforming to the European standards of beauty, you could see the liberation, not only on their faces, but in their aura, their whole entire being. They felt good. They felt liberated. Like, dang, this feels good. Like there's a weight lifted off my shoulders that I don't need to conform here. I could be me here. This is how I want to be. 
And and that is how we need to be, black people. I'm, I, like, I'm telling you, when you conform, you are harming yourself. A lot of people would tell me, Keith, play the game, play the game. So I'm like, I would tell them in response. So you, you basically want me to um, jeopardize who I am? Sell a part of my soul? That's, that's how you playing the game, right? Because in the end, when people play the game, they lose, you know. They, they only win for a short amount of time. It's a really small temporary win until they realize, like, dang, I won the game by not being myself, though. That's not the type of way I want to win the game, y'all, right? So like I said, if they don't want you, you know, because yet you, don't, you refuse to conform to, you know, European or white standards in the professional settings then that's not your place to be. That's what you need to understand. That's not the place that you need to be in. Now, hear me now. I have had people, especially going to predominantly white schools, you know, growing up as a child, I've had people, black people, tell me, oh, you talk white. Oh, you talk white. Listen, I number one, I talk like me. And number two, just because someone sounds professional or someone speaks like a person should speak when they want to really communicate right it doesn't mean they sound white what communication is a powerful tool you all language is power language is power why do you think they stripped the slaves from their native language. Language is power. So when we tell each other, oh, you sound white because that person is speaking proper, they sound professional. What are we saying to ourselves that black blackness, it, it, it equates to, to someone being dumb? I don't, I don't agree with that. And I only brought that up because that is not a European, a white standard, you all. To speak properly or to communicate well. That is a life skill that everybody should have. Everybody. Everybody. So I just wanted to state that there. Um, I think that's very important. So let's dive in um, to number two now. So number two. Be conscious of what you consume and question everything. So y'all, anyone that has been riding out with me throughout these podcast episodes, y'all definitely have heard me state in various podcast episodes to question the media. Question the media. Question the media, the American media system. You know, you got to understand their job is to tear blackness down, not only for our eyes to see, but for the world to see, because not only does it bring black people down to make us feel like, dang, this is how black people are. This is how they think of us. This is all we'll ever be. But it also makes the world perceive blackness like that, too. There's a lot of psychology and manipulation behind this. That's why they call it psychological warfare for a reason. And 
it's very, very, very important for you all. When you all are on this journey of embracing your blackness, it is so important for you all to question everything and to be conscious of what you consume. You know, I'll be honest with y'all. Back in my early 20s, I definitely would watch those ratchet shows, the loving hip-hops and stuff. But towards my mid-20s and now my late 20s, you couldn't catch me watching them things. I don't like what's going on on those shows. I don't like the way blackness is being um, perceived and portrayed and shown. Episode by episode, season by season. I don't like that. And I, I didn't like the vibe I felt every time I would walk away after watching one of those episodes. So be really conscious of what you all consume. And question, question, question everything. So that is number two, you all. So let's dive in to number three. Number three, actively learn about past black leaders and scholars. Now, this one to me is so important. So important. Um, I know many of us will say, well, you know, it's unfortunate that we don't learn about black history in the education system, most specifically in the American education system. I know that I have listeners Um, that are outside of the U.S., but I'm just going to be specific here when I talk about this um, specific topic. So for the Americans listening, I understand that many of you all have probably felt that way, the black Americans. But what y'all have to understand is we cannot expect this country to teach us our history in these schools when they lie. When they lie about their own history in the schools, they lie, they lie, they lie. And it's so important for us to understand that. And we are in a very, 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 very lucky, lucky time frame. We're in the age of knowledge here. You know, so there's really no excuse for any of us not to really start acquiring as much knowledge about past black leaders and scholars. There's, there's no excuse. There's really, really no excuse. And to be quite honest with you all, it is so empowering and inspiring when you take that journey. This part of embracing your blackness, when you learn about past black leaders and scholars and you study upon them, it is truly inspiring. You know, I am someone that has been deeply inspired by black people throughout my life. Whether it's black people that I actually know personally, like their friends and their families, or they were, you know, teachers or mentors of mine, or their black leaders and scholars that I've studied upon. I am someone that is deeply inspired by my people. And it's part of the reason why I am where I'm at today. And I really recommend that you all take this journey. 
and really take that time to, you know, read books upon them. If you don't like to read books, watch documentaries. You know, go on Google, look up articles, read an article. Maybe someone does podcast episodes talking about past leaders, past black leaders and scholars. Look that up and see if you can find that. But this part of your journey, this is so liberating because when you learn about the history that has been hidden from us, you really start to realize, wait, I'm, I'm breaking free here. I'm realizing that blackness is much more than what society likes to portray it. So really take this part of the journey, you know, if you don't take any, any one of these nine, I hope you take number three. That's what I'm trying to say here. I hope you take number three. Um, Because it, it, you know, when I took this part of the journey, you know, I'm someone that Grew up definitely learning a lot about black history, but 26, when I was 26, two years ago, is when I really took it upon myself to learn more. Mind you, I minored in African-American studies, and I did learn a lot in college as well. But I feel like when you take it upon yourself, actively take it upon yourself to learn about your own black history, about past black leaders and scholars, there's just a spiritual experience that is linked to that and so I think it's just different it's really really different than being in school and you know taking a it's really different when you actively take it upon yourself to find and acquire that knowledge so that is number three number four find ways to give back to your community get involved so this is huge to me too so you know what you all If there's anything I think that everyone in life should strive to be, it's a humanitarian. You know, if you don't know what you want to be in life and you're still confused and you're one of those people that's like, you know, I don't know what I want to be in life. At least say to yourself, there's one thing I know I want to be. It's a humanitarian. I think to be a humanitarian, that is so empowering to me. Because everyone should strive to be that. We have come on this earth to serve and to serve others and to help others. So if you don't know what you want to do in life, just think about, hey, how can I be a humanitarian? So giving back to your community, giving back to black people, you know, this could be in the form of volunteering This could be in the form of a Black-owned business. This could be in the form of starting your own nonprofit. What are you going to do for your people? And um, I definitely would recommend volunteering. You know, I know that many people definitely are into entrepreneurship now, and I love that. I love that. And I definitely recommend more Black people get into the path of entrepreneurship or getting a side hustle, you know? But I I really think that, sorry, I'm losing my train of thought here. Someone's like walking by me and staring at me. I'm like, I'm recording a podcast. I'm not just like crazy talking to my phone. But even if I was crazy talking to my phone, it could look like I'm talking to someone, right? But anyways, I digress. But 
giving back to your community and volunteering. When you volunteer, you really learn about purpose and you really learn that life is all about purpose and that life is all about giving back. And that is very, very important because you want to be someone that gives back and gives back wholeheartedly. And you want to learn that life is all about purpose and that life is all about purpose driven work. And I think when you just volunteer, especially when you volunteer for your people, it really just just changes you in a positive way. It really does. It truly does. Um, I know that a lot of people sometimes can say, oh, you know, don't give back to black people. Black people can be this. Listen, whatever you think in your mind about black people, that will happen to you. Like people will say to me when it comes to my business of reselling um, clothing, they will say, oh, you know, you should start, you know, um, selling vintage clothes to more white people. Oh, black people ain't going to buy that. But a lot of my customers are black people. And they not only buy once, they buy more than three times from me. And they are great, great, loyal, and supportive customers. Because I didn't think in my mind that black people wouldn't support me. I knew black people would support me. So like I said, whatever you think in your mind about black people, that's what's going to happen to you. To you. So that's number four. Number five, discover what your blackness means to you. So this is huge. Like, what does black mean to you? What does being black mean to you? What do you love about being black? Define that for yourself. Don't allow anybody else to define that for you. On this journey of embracing your blackness, define that for yourself. Really think about that. Ponder about that. Journal about this. Really, really think about that. Discover what your blackness means to you. So that's number five. Number six, break free from society, from the societal box that society likes to put black people in. Honestly, this is huge. This, this one is like number um, three. This one is so huge too. Listen, society enjoys putting black people in a societal box. The societal box is... Black people can only be certain things. You can only be a athlete or an entertainer or nothing. Nothing substantial. Only a certain amount of us can become doctors. Only a certain amount of us can become nurses. Only a certain amount of us can become teachers based on quote-unquote societal's perceptions and standards, right? And the thing is, many of us allow that box that, that that imaginary box to be a real thing. And many of us believe, like, dang, you know, black people don't do certain things, so maybe I shouldn't do it either. For example, back to what I do in terms of fashion. I am a resale fashion entrepreneur. So when I was going three years ago to Minnesota, I was going to the nationwide conference for resale fashion business owners, entrepreneurships, and business consultants. And it was in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and it was for five days. And I was going there by myself. I wanted to go there to learn and to acquire knowledge. You know, I'm one of those people when I dive into a career path, I don't only want to dive in. I want to really, really learn and acquire as much knowledge as possible. So I went to Minnesota. But before I went to Minnesota and I was talking to my mom about it and talking to just other people about it, you know, a lot of people were telling me like, you know, you're probably not going to see a lot of black people there. Like black people 
don't really thrift. That's not something that black people do. And when people would tell me that, I would be like, uh, I don't really believe that at all. Because the people that introduced me to the world of thrifting were two black girls. And I was thinking to myself, um, that's definitely, definitely can't be the case. But when I went to the conference, there wasn't a lot of black people there at all. Like out of 300 people, there had to have been like 10 black people there. But I just knew that that small, you know, handful of black people there represented more numbers that were sprouted out, not only in the country, but all across the world. And I was right. And that's why I started Black Suit Thrift. But I stayed there to say, imagine if I allowed other black people's, you know, imaginary perceptions that other black people are not into thrifting get to me. And imagine if I said, you know what? Dang, other black people ain't into thrifting. You know, the societal box said other black people are into thrifting. I can't thrift. I can't be in this realm of fashion. Imagine if I allowed that societal, that imaginary societal box to hold me back. I would not have pushed forward with the realm of fashion that really speaks to me. And most importantly, I wouldn't have found the realm of fashion that really speaks to me. I have always loved fashion, but I was always trying to find the realm of fashion that really spoke to me. So we really got to break free from that societal box. If you like something and there's not a lot of black people that like it, who cares? That is what makes makes us unique as black people. We like and do so many different things. And so that's why it's crazy when people be like, oh, you know, so-and-so is the first black person to, you know, be the, you know, to do this in golf or the first black person to do this in this sport. It's like, there's definitely more black people around that are into golf. There's definitely more black people around that are into baseball and, and that are good at it. But society wants us to think otherwise because they don't want us to be big dreamers. If you limit the black mind to think they can only be a certain amount of things, then they won't aspire for more. They won't chase for more. Like I said, if I allow people's limited ideas of, the, of oh, you know, black people are not into resale fashion and black people are not into thrifting to get to me, I would not have progressed. So this is really, really important. This one is huge, huge, huge to me. Number six, break free from the societal box that society likes to put black people in. So number seven, learn about your ancestry. So this is your family line and just your African roots. So this goes for anybody that's black and and, and doesn't and, and is not just immediately from Africa. So even if you're from the Caribbean, I think it's important to know where your African roots lie. Like for example, my mother's Trinidadian, my father's Haitian, but I still want to know where my African roots lie because my uncle told me straight up as a kid that I was an African. When I try to say, oh, I'm a Trinian Haitian, he cut me off immediately and said, yeah, you might be a Trinian, you might be a Haitian, but you are African. That's where your roots lie. And I didn't even know what it meant to be an African. You know, I was like, an African, what? But I remembered what he said. I remembered that. And as I got older, around 25, 26, I thought about that again. I realized that me mentioning the fact that I was Trinian Haitian and slightly bragging about it as a kid was me trying to subconsciously move away from my blackness. Because in Boston, when you said you were just black, it was almost like you were saying you were an alien. 
So when you said you were Jamaican or this and that, people were like, oh, that's dope. And people would lie a lot. Like, there's a lot of people that are Jamaicans, straight up. Like, it's easy to say that you're Jamaican and to lie about it. So people will constantly lie and say they're Jamaican, but they're really Jamaican. But they're Jamaican because of the fact that they realize, like, dang, just saying I'm black here is not cool. And that's something I realized at an early age. But my uncle stripped me from that immediately by saying, oh, no, 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 no. You might be a Trini and you might be a Haitian, but you are an African. So this goes to, you know, anybody that has, you know, Caribbean background like me, definitely find your African ancestry. And I'm sure you, many of you already have, because I know many people that I already know personally that have Caribbean roots already have. And to the black Americans, definitely look up your roots as well. Definitely look them up. You might have family members that and roots that come from the Caribbean. You know, you might you might have roots that come from the Caribbean. Definitely find out where your roots lie. But always know for sure that your roots lie somewhere else. You know, so yes, you are a black American, but always remember that your roots lie somewhere else. And that's an exciting thing to want to discover. Where do your roots lie? So definitely find that out. Find out more about your ancestry and connect more with that. So that is number seven. Number eight, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. So this is, you know, so really take care of your black skin. You know, there was one thing I admired. I admired many things about my grandmother. But one thing I admired about this woman was she took care of her black skin. She was always creaming it with care. She was always telling me that as a kid, like, take care of your skin, Kiana. Take care of your skin. Cream your skin. Take care of yourself. Like, you know, I mentioned in a past podcast episode that when I was a kid and I would come home with marks, you know, on my skin from playing really rough at recess in kindergarten, I would come home with little cuts. She would freak out that that I would have marks on my skin. And she would tell me, you have to take care of your skin, Kiana. You have to take care of your skin. So take care of your black skin. You know, buy, you know, products, black-owned products. Like, I, my um, face wash and the stuff that I use, you know, I get it from Etsy for my black-owned um, business. I will plug them in September. And the reason why I said I will plug them in September is because they are closed right now um, due to COVID because they're based in Florida. So I, I don't want to plug them now because they're not open. But they're amazing. And I will plug them in September. And I um, found them out because when I went to St. Lucia a few years back and I lo- used, you know, Black-owned products there, I was like, oh, no, no, no. I got to use and find these products, these natural products for my black skin um, here. And I was able to find it on Etsy. So take care of your black skin. Take care of your black hair. This goes for both men and women. You know, you know, there's some black men, um, you know, that still have a hard time embracing black women with their own black hair. And in return, they have a hard time embracing their own black hair because you will see those black men are the ones that will have hair that don't got no grease. You know, their hair looks like a Brillo pad, very, very dry, dry, dry hair. So, you know, black men, grease your hair too, you know, take care of your hair. No one wants to see a brother with dry natural hair either. Um, And it's important for you all to understand that. Moisturize that hair, moisturize that scalp. Take care of yourself, brothers, take care of yourself. Um, You know, so really black people, take care of yourself. Love your black skin. It does not matter the shade. It's about how that shade is looking. You know what I'm saying? It does not matter the shade. Take care of of your blackness take care of yourself mind body and soul 
That's number eight. Number nine, know your worth and put tax on it. So love yourself, my people. Love yourself. This world wants black people to not love who we are, especially black millennials because we are young and especially black um, Gen Z's, black Gen Z's because they are younger than us. Um, So love who you are. Love your blackness and realize that that is what the world wants. Like they want you to not love who you are. That is their tactic. That's what they want. They want you to not love who you are. So embracing your blackness is your biggest, biggest, biggest form of liberation. Because once you do that, no one, no, there's nothing that anyone can do. You know what I mean? Um, so definitely, 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 definitely continue to love yourself. Despite what anyone says or feels or does or anything like that. Love who you are. Love your blackness. Love yourself. Love your people. Love, 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 love who you are. So that's number nine. Um, And this one is number 10. I hope I didn't mess up the numbers. Well, number 10, have dignity and respect your people. So listen, like I know we're not all going to get along as black people, right? But have some dignity and respect for your people. You know, have some some dignity and respect for your people. Um, you know, you don't you don't we don't need to be bashing each other. If we don't agree, we don't agree. Sometimes silence is the best answer. You know, you don't have to always be speaking about things online and and you definitely don't have you shouldn't be bashing your people, you know? So, we really need to look at each other with more positive eyes. You know, the way you speak about black people, other black people is honestly the way you feel about your own self. I always tell other black people that. And you 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 will see that time and time again. Anytime someone bashes a black person really, really badly and all the time is because they do not like their blackness. You know, there was a, a biracial girl I used to go to school with and she would always, you know, say things about me in terms of my blackness, about, you know, my nose or this and that. You know what I mean? And I knew it was just because she didn't like her blackness and I went one time you know I'm a very very witty witty person and I said to her oh oh did your white side say that did your white side tell you that you know I'm not the type of person you can say things to because I will say something to you that will probably like psychologically make you question everything so um yeah you know you got to understand you know if you are someone that um is you know you know, like you can talk about black people, you have the, you know, your own people badly. You got to realize it's because that's how you feel about yourself. So please, I beg of you, like just, just have more compassion, um, for your own people and have more compassion for yourself. But you all, I am getting ready to wrap this episode up. Um, I am actually outside in my car recording this episode and I live in a hood and, you know, there's just some people kind of rolling around my car, um, being nosy. And, you know, I'm like, oh no, it's time for me to go upstairs. You know, um, it's time for me, um, to go back in my house, but I'm very happy. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm laughing cause I got to keep it real with y'all. You know, I got to keep it real, but honestly, you know, I'm very happy to do this episode and I really hope that this episode helps someone out here. You know, I, I really mean everything that I say that I hope that you at least take 
one thing from the rules and the guidelines. You know, I don't expect you all to take everything. You know, everybody is their own human being, their own person. And and some of you all probably have already mastered some of these rules and guidelines. So that's why I said I don't expect you all to take everything because I'm sure many of you all have already started along this journey. And I'm wishing you all the best in this journey of embracing your blackness. Love your blackness, you all. I love being black. Um, there's nothing that anyone can do to ever tear that down, stop that, anything. I love it. I love it. And it's not an outside thing. It's a within thing. Like, I love it within. Um, I, I wouldn't trade this for the world, honestly. I, I can't I can't see me being any other way. And it's so important for more black people to feel this way. You know, if there's anything I can do in this podcast, I definitely want more, you know, black people to love being black and to embrace their blackness, especially in a white, white world. So you all, this is today's episode here at the Black Maluna Revolution. And you all, excuse me, do not forget to go and follow the Instagram platform. That's the Black Maluna Revolution. And also the Twitter page. That is the BMR Podcast. And, you know, I just want you all to follow the social media platforms because I really want to grow the community on those platforms. You know, I'm really, really trying to post more content on those platforms. So please, please, please follow the social media handles. And you all, as always, thank you so much for tuning in here to another episode at the Black Millennial Revolution. And I will tune in at another one. Bye now.